Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Daily Tech News Show is brought to you by its audience and not outside organizations. To find out more, hit the dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, May 24th, 2018. Tom Merritt is out this week from Studio Feline. I'm Sarah Lane. And from the majestic shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert Young. I mean, how many times have you and Tom laughed about the fact that he used to live on Lake Merritt and now you do? Not only have I laughed about it. Well, there hasn't been a lot of laughter because to walk from Tom's old apartment to Lake Merritt, you have to cross Belmont Street to which (laughs) come on, I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I have posited the theory and I've stated on the Internet for the record that we can't not prove that Tom and Veronica are a brother-sister con-man team. <laughs> yeah, and perhaps part of city planning for the city of Oakland, California. Sure. Or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Go your own way. <laughs> uh, producer Roger Chang is with us as always. Roger, how is life? It's good. It's still a little cold, but uh, supposedly it's going to change during the weekend. Oh, really? Oh, good. I'll be in town. We'll uh, we'll go to the beach. All right, let's start off with a few tech things you should know. Sources tell Bloomberg the U.S. Justice Department has opened a criminal probe into price manipulation of Bitcoin and other currencies, digital ones. Spoofing and flooding the market with fake orders to trick other traders are reportedly both being reviewed. Federal prosecutors are working with the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which oversees derivatives tied to Bitcoin. This is very interesting because part of the idea of currency without government is that you would not have this kind of oversight. But if there is still this kind of oversight, I think it speaks well for cryptocurrency in general. Mm -hmm. The New York Times reports Apple has and was developing prototypes for its own car for four years, but chose instead to partner with Volkswagen to supply a fleet of T6 California vans with, quote, computers, sensors, and a large electric car battery, end quote. Sources say Apple previously tried to ink a deal with BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, and McLaren to build an Apple car, but no deals were made. I think we can, and we'll talk about this a little later in the show, I think we can sort of uh, glean from the Tesla model that making cars is hard, even if you're Apple. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, uh, and, and as we will talk about the, the success of Tesla uh, and the challenges that they face, uh, it is not something that one does not simply walk in to creating an American car company. Although I have to say the T6 vans, have you seen those? They are cool. Are they? No, I have yeah. not. They're like new modern Volkswagen buses, little kitchens in there and some you know bells and whistles, but sort of small and compact. And I want one. No, there is really just a huge boom post sprinter van of modular, just a big space that you can do a million different things with as so much technology has created the ability that you can live there. All right, let's talk a little more about music videos. Vivo announced it is shutting down its mobile apps for Android, iOS, Windows Mobile, and also its website to focus on its YouTube presence. It has a very big one on YouTube. Vivo has a distribution deal with YouTube, and Google, which obviously owns YouTube, also owns a minority stake in Vivo. The new strategy move follows departures from the CEO at Vivo, the CTO, and the head of product, over the last six months, the company will give users of its service a playlist tool to import their Vivo playlist to YouTube and will still operate select smart TV apps for now. Look, Vivo is the face of content, musical content from record labels and the music videos that many of us grew up on and new music videos as they come out. Uh, they have cornered the market on it. It also just shows the fact that, look, People are on YouTube watching music because they don't want to pay for it. So the idea of striking out, even if you are the number one brand name and I watch branded, I watch major label music on YouTube, it doesn't matter. You can't transfer it because people just want to watch it on the free platform. Yeah, I might have been the only one of my friends who actually watched the YouTube uh, or I'm sorry, Vivo stream on my Apple TV uh, in the app pretty uh -huh. often because, you know, you kind of want music and then you got a little extra something in the background. But yeah, I see why Vivo would have wanted to separate itself from YouTube. What, like a lot of uh, publishing companies want to separate themselves from Facebook. But if that's where everybody's going and no one really cares, then your hands are tied. What are you doing? How do you do it? The National Transportation Safety Board says Uber disabled an emergency braking system in a self-driving vehicle that struck and killed a woman in Arizona in March and failed to properly ID the pedestrian. The NTSB's report said that the modified 2017 Volvo XC90's radar systems saw the pedestrian six seconds before impact, but first classified the pedestrian as an unknown object, then as a vehicle and then a bicycle. In better Uber news, business mergers with Yandex in Russia and Grab in Southeast Asia helped Uber turn a profit of $2.5 in its latest Q1 earnings report. It should also be noted that Uber settled with the family of the uh, deceased woman in Arizona earlier. You know, we've covered this story uh, from lots of different angles, obviously, because it's of a lot of interest to us as we self-driving cars become more and more a reality. But it is disconcerting, uh, to say the least, that the system, because it, for a while it was a little bit like, well, was it the system? Was it the driver? You know, the driver was apparently looking down. What really happened? For the self-driving vehicle in autonomous mode to be like, oh, that's a, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a car. Oh, it's a bicycle. Oh, it's a person. And then it's too late. You know, Uber has the unfortunate distinction of being the first company uh, that we know of, at least, that this has happened. but obviously going to be heavily scrutinized because, yeah. hey, you know, we all want this to work. We all think this is the future, 
but you can't have mistakes like this. But, but yeah, but let's let, let's also understand it recognized something six seconds out. It was at one point something that it recognized that it should be something that it needs to stop for. So exactly, even if it immediately slammed on the brakes, the the, the fact that this woman would have been seriously harmed, uh, I, I think, still would have happened. Now, the fact that it didn't is a technological question that Uber obviously very much needs to uh, address, and the entire industry needs to get better at. But I don't know if even. You know, you don't want it to be slamming on the brakes for every possible unknown object. And that's part of the problem. Facebook said it will not shut down political ads, reasoning that it would unfairly favor incumbents and wealthy candidates. It will, however, place a paid for buy label on political candidate and issue ads on Facebook and Instagram in the U.S. This includes ads run by news publishers and others that promote stories with political content. The system will also archive these items for seven years and make searchable by keyword or by who ran them and display ad budgets, number of people who saw it, and their anonymized age, gender, and location. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't believe that Facebook was ever seriously going to never run political ads. That that might have been a, a rumor, but what they're trying to do is get around legislation that will almost certainly come down if they don't act and basically do what the legislation would have done before there is a political motivation to put that on them. Uh, what they're trying to do is get to be more like newspapers and televisions and, and probably televisions are, are the television industry is probably the better comp for it in that you need to have things labeled a certain way. There's a reason why every political ad starts with um, candidate and I approve this message yeah. paid or, for by the John McCain Foundation. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and that is because they need to put that out there and, and to do to go around that is illegal. And what Facebook wants to do is say, no, 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 we can be more accountable we we can we can create we can save all this stuff for seven years we can show you how much they've spent on it uh this is going to be a great resource for political data journalists uh whether or not it is enough to keep the lawman off facebook facebook's back remains to be seen yeah i mean it, the first reaction i had was like oh it's a tv ad but with way more data so i don't know step in the right direction i guess if anybody wants to know a little bit more about stuff then Facebook has the data. Sure. And 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 I think this was going to come one way or another. A Portland, Oregon woman's Amazon. Mm. Echo. echo. You can say echo. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm just gun shy on all these things. <laughs> I know me too. I'm like, what do I not say? Yeah. Uh, recorded an audio clip of her conversation and sent it to a person in her contact list. A spokesperson for Amazon says, quote, Amazon takes privacy very seriously. We investigated what happened and determined this was an extremely rare occurrence. We are taking steps to avoid this from happening in the future. End quote. An engineer looking into the incident speculated that the Echo speaker guessed the command was to send a message via the A voice messaging without asking for verbal confirmation. Normally, the Echo and Google Assistant which has similar messaging capabilities, both alert users when they are about to send an audio message. So this is like for anybody paranoid about smart speakers listening to you when they're not supposed to, this is your story. Now, the article that I read, uh, the woman in Portland 
apparently got a message from somebody that works for her husband. That was the recipient of the message. So already yeah. it's like, oh gosh, you know, wonder what she was talking about. That person said, you've been hacked. Here's a voice transcript of you talking. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, of course, Amazon's like, this is, this is very rare. We're very sorry. We don't want it to happen again. But, uh, ooh, gosh, I mean, well, think of it. You could ruin lives this way. Sure. Uh, uh, what I think Amazon wants to say is this is the voice equivalent of a butt dial. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, you can accidentally call your, uh, uh, uh you know, your, your ex-girlfriend while you're talking to your new girlfriend and you can have her accidentally listen on her voicemail to a very private personal conversation. And yes, that could be ruinous. However, we all understand that this is a rare thing. And just because it is possible does not mean that it is likely. And sure, you can do better in the UI to prevent it from happening. But no matter what, any system will be, you know, uh, will, will, will possibly be able to accidentally do something that you don't exactly want it to do. Yeah. There are many times where my uh, my Amazon uh, smart speaker will come alive where I'm like, I didn't even say anything to you. Stop it. But then I'm always like, well, the rest of whatever I was saying, is, is that being recorded? Is it going anywhere? It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm not, you know. I'm uh, I'm an angel, so I don't have anything to worry about. But uh, <laughs> I do I, I do think that maybe there are you know, precautions of like, are you sure you want to send this message? We're going to record a message. Got it? Maybe yeah. like a you know a you know two factor voice authentication or something needs to be in play well, because I, I think what they're saying is that this is rare because and I don't know for for a fact, but that she did go through that system. It was just in other words. And she happened, you know, in, in the same way that you can just rattle off all the commands at once so you don't have to go through two different voice menus. She did that for this. And next thing you know, some random person gets that uh, gets that message. What I will say is that Amazon made a big point and they got criticized. And I think rightly for having to everybody give over their entire address book on some of their products. And that's where I think this bears poison fruit. Because why else does the your your Echo know your boss's friend? Right. Like, or unless employee. your address book goes goes to there, and that's just somebody that you happen to have in there. Yes. Apparently, this woman who declined to give her last name uh, to the Fox affiliate she's talked to is getting a refund. She does not want her Echo anymore. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. On a completely different note, Pornhub has launched its own VPN service called VPN Hub. Not to be confused with that VPN router. I don't remember the name now, but uh, I had a little bit of laugh this morning about that. Totally different. This app is available for Android, iOS, macOS, and Windows and offers free and unlimited bandwidth for 13 bucks per month to give you an ad-free experience and a faster connection. The service won't be available in certain countries that the U.S. doesn't do business with, Cuba, Iran, Sudan, North Korea, etc. Pornhub also has reports of the service being blocked in certain countries, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and China among them. Well, I've, I've uh, uh, not heard of this company, Pornhub. Uh, but the, No, they, me either. I, I can only guess. I just, I just wanted to add a clarification because I mistyped. Uh, it's free. The app is free, but there is a paid version for 13 bucks that basically gives you uh, faster connection speeds and no ads. All right. So you've got Pornhub giving a VPN 
app, which, you know, I, I assume works like a VPN app would so yeah. that you can kind of enjoy your uh, incognito experience. Uh-huh. So, so, okay. Um, connection speeds. I don't know. Are they a problem? 13 bucks a month is, I mean, yeah. more than Netflix. You know, so a, a friend of mine who's more familiar with Pornhub once told me that, that you know, this is kind of their business model, right? That uh, uh, they have a free service that is very, very popular. And then they offer a premium experience for a price that, uh, you know, in, in that genre uh, may or may not be uh, considered a bargain. So whether or not you are interested in doing something uh, like that with with Pornhub for a new VPN service, I think is is interesting, and it really shows you how much a you know how much Pornhub can use their data to their advantage. They know where their customers are coming from. They know very intimate details about what they like and don't like, and the behaviors that get them to uh, interact with that kind of content. Uh, many people want maximum privacy when it comes to stuff like that. So who to trust more than the people that know what you are doing when you don't want to be known that you are doing it? I don't know. $13 still sounds high to me, but, uh, yes, uh, a, a, a service like Pornhub obviously understands, uh, video streaming and perhaps, uh, the, uh, the complaints of people who don't have uh, great video streaming. So, Hey, 13 bucks a month, maybe is worth it. If the app works as advertised and does not reveal your credentials eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To get all the tech headlines each day, I just didn't know how to wrap that one up <laughs> in about five minutes or less. It was actually slightly over five minutes today, but hopefully you guys will forgive me. Subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right, Justin and Roger yeah. and everybody, yeah. let's talk about Elon Musk. Uh, mm-hmm. Elon Musk went on a bit of a tweet storm uh, yesterday. We talked about it a bit in our Good Day Internet pre-show with Scott Johnson, but it wasn't in the show, but eh, there's probably a bigger conversation here. Uh, Musk complains that the public no longer respects big media companies because they, as he says in a tweet, quote, lay claim to the truth, but publish only enough to sugarcoat the lie. He also tweeted, and this one got a lot of attention, going to create a site where that public can rate the core truth of any article and track the credibility score over time of each journalist, editor, and publication, thinking of calling it Pravda. Well, as it turns out, Pravda is a word. It means truth in Russian, but it was also the name of the official paper of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Okay. Now, this may or may not directly coincide with Consumer Reports recently deciding not to recommend the Tesla Model 3 midsize sedan. Consumer Reports said that the vehicle had the longest stopping distance of any contemporary car it has tested. Uh, no, no. I, I, I believe this rant was triggered by another uh, article about Tesla's manufacturing uh, and, there, and yeah, there, Tesla, you know, people are have been poking holes in in Tesla's model and their uh, inability to deliver cars. Uh, well, yeah, just specifically, as as part of his rant, uh, uh, he made specific reference to the fact that there are union interests possibly at play that are providing information because the the question of whether or not Tesla will become a union shop, the auto workers union obviously is very very strong in this country and. They don't like companies that are not part of the union, and so they they wish to unionize those workers. And it is Elon Musk's contention with Tesla that the factory that they took over had a higher danger rate 
when they were a union shop. They are now not a union shop. He says that the employees can unionize whenever they want. They just haven't. But part of the negative press, including the one that set him off yesterday, was uh, from another, you know, from from a from a point of view uh, for either people that are sympathetic to unions or the unions themselves using sources to get where they are. Uh, here's the other thing that he mentioned, which I think is is uh, an interesting point. That Tesla does not advertise yet auto dealerships, car companies are among the biggest advertisers in all of journalism. Uh, that is a fact. I don't know if he, I don't know if this necessarily translates uh, in the way that he kind of insinuated it, it was. But let, let's go to his larger point. Sarah, do you believe that people trust big media? Listen. Um, well, okay. So considering that we all work in media, you know, it's, it's that I have maybe a slightly skewed view of, of how it all works because I, I feel I'm pretty good at discerning between good and bad and right and wrong and, you know, truth yeah. and lies and that sort of thing. I don't believe anybody can say something like big media companies are all garbage because it all depends on who's working on the story you know, was it properly vetted or the source is good? Does that person have a good reputation? And I think that that's something that Musk is touching on that is not necessarily a bad idea, some sort of rating system. So, uh, you know, we can all better understand who to trust and who not to trust, because to his point, people have stopped trusting media, big media, whatever you want to call it, is that's not in itself a bad idea. What I what I don't understand, and hopefully, you know, Elon Musk makes a lot of products and maybe he can make this too. What I don't understand is how the public, especially sometimes an uh, uninformed public, would be rating a journalist would be a great idea. And how would you get around, you know, bots and people who have an agenda, you know, ranking the system and I just don't know what that would look like. So his his point on the bots, and, and let me just also say before we go any further, I think he was joking about the Pravda thing. I, I, I do too. I, I think that was a troll move very yeah, much so. I, yes. I, he knows what Pravda is. Pravda is, is not just known as the Russian word for truth. It is known as the propaganda arm of the Soviet Union. Right. Uh, that being said, so his point with the bots was, not only do we need to have the most sophisticated bot blocking technology, we also need to publish where bot networks are coming from and try to identify who is doing it, that we need to bring more transparency to that as well. Uh, I think one of the biggest problems we have in terms of our understanding of journalism, this is coming from my brief former life and education in this field, is that journalists and reporters and people in the media see, as you just described, infinite granularity. A source can lie to you. An editor can give you a stupid story. The headline can get changed at the last minute. Uh, uh, the facts on the ground can can change by the time that you get from one point to another, or you can make an honest to goodness mistake, right? All true. The media, or sorry, the, the public sees the media as a monolith, that they are far more group than they think, and that they are uh, the law. The other thing that is a dichotomy is that media see themselves, the rank and file, see themselves as very vulnerable. Again, a source can lead you the wrong way. You can be led down a primrose path. 
the law, a larger conspiracy can make you uh, repeat something that would not be otherwise helpful. Where the public sees the media as all powerful. You have the ability to ruin somebody's life and be protected by the Constitution, even if you made a mistake. Again, you have to, to be proved guilty of libel. You have to be pro proven that you have actual malice, that you went out and did it. So it is, you are protected by law. If I accidentally ruin your life uh, in, 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 and reputation. And so I think there's a lot of conflict there that we are getting to the core of now that we don't have gatekeepers as much. So now I can switch sides and become the media very easily. I can just open a Twitter account and just say, I have sources inside DTNS that say that uh, Roger didn't get a lot of sleep last yeah. night. The sources uh, asked not to be named uh, exactly. because of the, yeah, yeah, the confidentiality of the situation. Well, the thing is, is too, is reporters, you know, a reporter, there are many different kinds. People have agendas. Reporters sometimes do bad things. Sometimes they lie. That's all true. We all know that. So the idea of being able to rate somebody, especially if I read an article, I don't know, maybe it's some political article that, you know, I send to you and you go, ah, that guy's garbage. Nobody pays attention to him. Like, I might not know that. So that it would be helpful to me if it worked correctly, but I just don't trust the greater public to be the, the, well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'd be interested to see how it shook out. I don't know how much stock I would personally put into a number like that. Because uh, I know a lot of people that are are you know controversial that I very much enjoy reading their work, right? But I know them for that. I would be very curious to see where where numbers like that shook out. I can also know that we should buy flotation devices. Or the deluge of think pieces that will come from such a uh, invention, because I will tell you this firsthand: in general, journalists, ironically, do not like being investigated. It is. Yeah, you're right. I know. How about that? How about that? I also want to know if you can make the most sophisticated bot uh, um, uh, uh, identifying network in the world. Tell Twitter, share it with Instagram, make my life better. Can't I mean, wait. Yeah, well, you know, it's either going to be a great step forward in our understanding of these power dynamics or a dystopian hellscape that will lead us all to ruin. Two days in a row with the word hellscape, by the way. Scott Johnson said it yesterday. Nice. Thanks to all who participate in our subreddits. We love you. You guys are great over there. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We are also on Facebook. Want to hang out there? Great. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Dave on Twitter wanted to give us a heads up on Uber's decision to shut down testing of self-driving cars in Arizona. We talked about this yesterday and focused their efforts in Pittsburgh, where they've been operating self-driving tests since 2016 and also California. He retweeted the Pittsburgh mayor's tweet saying, quote, you never responded to our requirements. They're talking to Uber. You never informed us of today's announcement. You never followed up on my requirements after fatality in Arizona. Your PA lobbyist has ignored everything and instead has reached out to other electeds to cover your mistakes. Time to change. That so, kind of, yeah, it's like Uber saying, you know, at Arizona, it was that was, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to go, you know, double down in Pittsburgh and in California where Uber's headquartered in Pittsburgh saying, what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, uh, this is 
not the easy political win that I think elected officials in the city of Pittsburgh could once count on Uber being because they kind of achieved their goal. Pittsburgh's an up and coming city. And now it's not, Hey, look, we got investment from these cool kid uh, tech companies. And now we can leverage Carnegie Mellon in the same way that the South Bay leverages Stanford, right? Now it's, well, wait a minute. Now a lot of people know what Uber is. It's not just fancy tech company from California. A lot of people have very specific opinions on Uber. And now politically, somebody could lose their phony baloney job if there is an attack ad that says blank is in the pocket of Uber, knowing that Uber has a lot of these person, you know, that people feel very, very personal about Uber, which is why they're running these like, hey, don't, don't blame all these old boss problems on new boss ads during the NBA semi-finals. Uh, oh, semi-finals, man. Well, that's another story for another day. <laughs> but what uh, is a great story today is the fact that Justin Robert Young joins us every Thursday. Justin, what's been going on since we saw you last? Because we didn't see you on Monday. No, no, no. Well, I'll tell you what, two things, and I'll do them very, very quickly. Uh, number one, if you want uh, more talk about uh, journalism and politics, well, go ahead and sign up to my free political newsletter. You can go ahead to freepoliticalnewsletter.com and sign up. It is for free. It comes to you five days a week. The other thing is that we are going to be, by, by we, I mean Brian Brushwood and myself, are going to be bringing our Night Attack podcast to Southern California San Diego on June 9th and Santa Monica on June 10th at the Westside Theater. Go ahead to nightattack.tv slash tour to get your tickets now. Excellent. Do it now. Thanks to everybody who supports the show, dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. And of course, extra special thanks to all of our patrons. Patreon.com slash DTNS is where you can find out more. You guys and gals keep the show alive. We also have a store, dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. We got hats. They're the new ones, but we have a lot of gear. Check it out. Buy something. Take a photo and let me know. All right. Our email address is daily to feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We are live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Shannon Morse. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.